Owen Marbury was part owner of an IT service business. Now he's locking horns with his ex-partner Devin and fighting for his reputation and his freedom. But when Michaela Stanford, his former college bestie and crush, walks back into his life, he's reminded of the fire that still burns between them. As their 20-year college reunion approaches, they have a chance to rekindle their friendship and explore love once again. But Owen's battle with Devin is getting in the way of pursuing things with Michaela. With Devin breathing down their necks and threatening their lives, Owen must decide whether to give in or fight for his heart's desire. This is the premise of Secret Second Chances, a friends to lovers second chance romance available on Amazon on March 5th. Pick up your copy today. This is the Nerdy Romantics Podcast, and I'm your host, Y.M. Nelson. episode of Nerdy Romantics Podcast, my guest host and I recommend several romances that have plus-size main characters, but I would be remiss in recommending these without mentioning my own guest host Mary's new book, A Highlander for Hannah. This is book one in her Mystic Falls series. And Highlander for Hannah is a little bit time travel and a whole lot romance. Hannah Glenn is ready for a change. After quitting her job and breaking up with her slacker boyfriend, she moves to her family's farm. In her search for clarity, she let her best friend talk her into buying a love spell. Hannah doesn't believe in magic, but decides to perform the spell anyway. What arm could it do? The ancient, brutish, but also undeniably handsome Scotsman she finds in her barn the next morning might be the answer to the question. Graham McNeil fell asleep in his uncle's stable in 1745. He awoke over 200 years in the future across the Atlantic. He's in a world he knows nothing about with a woman who drives him mad, mad with lust, and just plain mad. The spell can only be reversed under the moon of the spring equinox. They're going to have to find a way to survive each other until then. It's only a matter of months. I mean, what can happen in that time? Will Hannah and Graham learn to live with each other? If they can, then maybe, just maybe, they can find a love worth crossing space and time. Check out this debut novel, A Highlander for Hannah, book one of the Mystic Falls series by Mary Warren, our guest host in this episode and creator of Fat Girls in Fiction. A Highlander for Hannah is available in both ebook and paperback formats. Hello, nerdy romantics. So today 
is our possibly last installment, at least last installment of this season of who gets an HEA and our topic or our theme for the books for this this particular episode is romances with plus size main characters. What we mean, well, there'll be a lot of terms that we'll throw around, let's say this. I use these interchangeably, and I think most people use these terms interchangeably, but not all of us think of them interchangeably. Terms like plus size, fat, curvy, voluptuous, zaftig, those terms are all kind of used interchangeably, all to mean the same thing. But I think for some of us, we think of them kind of in a little bit different way. I don't know if anybody wants to kind of chime in on, on how they think of these terms, but for me, I think of plus size as an umbrella term that would mean anybody that's not in, if you're thinking fashion, that's not in that straight size category that wouldn't be able to go into any place and get something, right? Somebody that is at least a size 14 and up for American sizes. You know, that's also kind of an arbitrary number, you know, when we think of it. Nowadays, which I'm very happy that it is happening, is that the the term fat does not have as much of that negative connotation as it has, which is there shouldn't be a negative connotation to it. Um, it's only a societal thing, in my opinion. And I'm glad that society is starting to turn it around where fat is not a negative connotation and it will not be used in a negative manner here, unless we may be talking about a villainous character who's saying something and trying to be rude. It's just a denotation of a person's body size. To me, when I see curvy, this person is more normal size in society, maybe not normal size in media, <laughs> but normal size in society. They just have a few more curves than what you see in media. They're not stick skinny. So what is what do y'all think? Um, my guest hosts who are on today are Marcy, Mary, Stacy, and Dana, and they've all been with us before. So what do y'all think about these terms? And what do you prefer, by the way? So this is Dana. So I have to first put out that I'm older. So I'll put out and say I'm, I'm part of that Generation X. I'll tell you kind of how I feel and where I come from with this. I grew up and plus size was the thing. So plus size, mm -hmm. like you said, is very fashion related, but plus size was a comfortable word basically growing up for me. I was like, yeah, I'm plus size, you know. Fat was derogatory. So mm -hmm. fat is used by people who are being mean in school and things like that. So fat was definitely not a word that I would have called myself and certainly would not have wanted anybody else to call me. Now, as I've gotten older, I do associate plus size more with fashion. And fat is okay if I'm calling it myself. But if somebody was like, oh, yeah, that's Dana over there, the, the fat girl, that's not okay with me. Like, you know, I'm so much more than that. And technically, when we talk about fat, we all have some of that. So I'm like, how does that make me different? You know, so I'm, I don't like that term either. And it's funny that you mention it because you're like, well, what term do you like? I don't know if I like any of them, to be honest with you. The term curvy bothers me because I think it's a polite way to say 
to cause somebody fat or it's somebody who isn't fat in what we're talking about. They just got a big butt, you know, like um, (laughs) Megan Stallion talking about she's got, she's curvy. It's not the same as somebody, you know, who may weigh 400 pounds. It it doesn't fall into the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't honestly know which one I prefer because I don't think I like anybody referring to my body in any way like that. Like, I don't want them to say, oh, you know, the girl with the big boobs, oh, girl with the big feet. Like, I don't, I don't think I want any of that. (laughs) Um, So I think that's a great question that honestly, I cannot answer what I would want them to call me. I'm still okay with sections in the store saying like plus size or something, Mm -hmm. because I grew up on that. But I know some people have felt like plus, plus who, like, or when people say overweight, over what weight. So I think you know, you're going to get probably a lot of different opinions on how they feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also, to me, is going to depend on who's saying it and, and where it's coming from. Right. But I also don't like the word like obese. It just sounds dis- grossly disgusting. And I know it's a medical term. And I feel like it's funny because I feel like it's sure thrown around a lot more than I feel like it used to be. I think almost everybody at this point has heard that word at some point in terms of what I would like to be called. Dana is a great start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. So. At, at least get my first name right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, and this is Marcy, I think for me, plus size is probably the term I use because society needs some way to categorize me, right? They need some label. Mm-hmm. of their own to to Dana's point I mean I don't I don't know that I appreciate that being anybody's main descriptor of me but if you have to have one I'll go with that one I don't I'm not deep enough to try to find the one that is exactly personifies who I am as a person I don't I'm old school plus size was the term I don't necessarily consider myself particularly curvy so no need to go down that trail. We'll just, I'll just stick with the <laughs> traditional and, and go with what it is. If, uh, if that's required at all, usually if I'm trying to describe my size, I just pick a person in comparison and say, well, have you ever seen X or have you ever seen Z? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I prefer that but more than trying to give it a term because everybody is relative, right? It's relative to what you know. Exactly. It's relative to your preferences. It's relative to your perspective. So I can say I'm plus size all day and then somebody meets me and was like, oh, because I don't, depending on what their mind is about plus size, if you think a size 12 is plus size, hey, when you meet me, you're like, oh, wait. Right. But if you think, yeah. if you think, <laughs> you know, that uh, 6X is plus size, then you you have a different, you know, kind yeah. of perspective. But if you need a label, I still do go, go old school and just go with plus size because it's easy and I don't have to think about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I can chime in and I do use the word fat because I run the website Fat Girls in Fiction, which is a database where you can come and find all books that represent fat main characters. And I I understand that that word has been historically used to harm and that there are a lot of hurt feelings that go along with that word and there should be. But I use it to try and neutralize the word because at the end of the day, it is a description that holds no moral value over life. Mm -hmm. So I use it to try and take away some of the pain and kind of shake the shame off of the word to try and reclaim it so that it is the neutral description that it should be. Yeah. And I don't like curvy really because of some of the things that were said. It's interesting in the world of books because 
I'd say five years ago, if you said you were writing a curvy book, that you were writing a book about a fat person. But now whether it's fashion, like having an hourglass silhouette is more in style, or if people are just trying to include more body diversity, the word curvy has kind of been watered down to yep. just talk about a body that is curvy, which it, it should because that's what the word that's what the word means mm-hmm. is has curves. So that's why I use fat because I think that it is a good way to say what you mean. And if more people start to use it, then we can shake the shame off and it won't be such a harmful word. Right. Okay. Wow. A, a lot of different feelings about that. Stacy, what do you think? Um, well, I guess I'm like Dana and uh, Marcy in the sense, the older generation is Dana puts. It's like, really? But um, <laughs> uh, that plus size, I guess I would overall prefer plus size. At the same time, I will reference myself as fat, but I think it really depends on who I'm with um, mm-hmm. and who I, you know, and the group of people that I'm with. Because I really don't see a problem with calling myself like, yeah, I'm fat, but I know how people view the word. Mm-hmm. And so often because of how people view that word, I won't say that. I said, well, you're beautiful. I said, well, I said I was fat. I didn't say I was ugly. But it's right. just people think, oh, fat and ugly or fat and lazy. I mean, they put these, they think those together. Right. And I do think of it as a descriptor, but oftentimes I won't refer myself as fat, just depending on who I'm with. Overall, I think it's like, I would just say plus size versus anything else. Because I mean, I would use that all the time versus to say I'm fat, but I will refer to myself depending on who I am. Do yeah, you know, I can't do that. Yeah, you know, my fat behind can't fit in my, you know, I would refer to myself <laughs> in that way on certain things. And I'm not saying it derogatory, it's like I can't do that, you know, or that's they don't have anything for my store, my size of that particular store. Yeah. And so I will refer to myself like that. And I don't think it's really, I don't feel it's being negative to me, but Again, I know how it is taken by a lot of people. So I rarely will say that in, I guess, mixed company. I'm more likely to say it with women or with people who I just know understand what I'm saying when I say that. I'm not putting anybody down or myself down when I say that at times. But again, Mm -hmm. like I said, I I do prefer plus size over anything else. Um, And it has changed over the years because... I always thought when they, people said curvy and then I know um, someone just mentioned that curvy and that was supposed to be a plus size. I didn't really think curvy and plus size are the same thing, I guess. Yeah. Because to me, curvy is just, like you said, Megan, who was it? Dana said Megan the Stallion. I think so. And yes. I would call herself curvy and I was like, yeah, I would consider her curvy, but mm-hmm. I didn't consider just because you said they were curvy. Plus size. I just thought that person usually had breasts and behind, you know, and mm-hmm. they were curvy but that didn't mean that they were plus size they to me that wasn't the same thing right so when someone says curvy sometimes I will think okay if I until I see them I'm like so what do you mean by that you know where on the scale do you fall on that I prefer pretty much any of that besides obese and don't put the morbid in front of it either so I know that um, that morbid it's like are you kidding me death fat so um right I mean, that's the probably one I probably least out of anything least like. Now, I do, um, I'm not a person that says, well, I want, you know, we don't have to have a plus size section or whatever. I mean, sometimes that's helpful. 
And so I like going to, if, it, if I'm not going to a, a shop that's geared toward my size, I like to know, do y'all have plus size, plus size section? Now, I don't care much for if it's way in the back and you got like five items. No, but I don't mind if you have in a store where I can easily find stuff. And if if you're not going to mix it in, at least I can find it. And if it's a plus size, I'm fine with that. Now, probably in my youth, and I've also noticed other people who are who are thinner, like plus size. I just don't want to be in the section, you know that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, as I got older, I got over that. But I know there's still people, who, you know, just wouldn't go in the store. Like they won't even think you're the plus size. Why you care? But there were people who did because it was a a shame kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I think plus size is, to me is one of the words that I probably use the most. And I'm probably just <laughs> rambling on, but plus size typically is what I'll use the most because I feel that I'm comfortable with it, but I'm most people who I talk to or, you know, who you um, interact with are more comfortable saying plus size than anything else, or at least our age bracket is. Mm-hmm. And um, don't think of yourself as rambling, Stacey. I, you know, I think <laughs> you may a lot of valid points, which actually will go into kind of the books that we're going to discuss is that it's the whole discussion that we're having about this, about the different words and what do we call people who have a bigger body size than what we normally see on TV. That's just how I'm going to say it. And how we view plus size fat people in the society I mean, just our discussion about what words do we use shows that there's such a complicated relationship with weight in this particular society. It's so complicated. And just how we even identify ourselves and how other people identify us, even that has complications with it you know even by just you saying yes i'm gonna say plus size but i'm not gonna say that in front of everybody and it's because everybody can't handle stuff because everybody's not as evolved (laughs) that's my opinion and they are not at the point where they cannot separate they're not at the point where they can separate somebody's weight from somebody's personality. You know, things like lazy and things like ugly, you know, these these kinds of things, these are separate descriptors that have nothing to do with your weight. There are a lot of skinny, lazy people out there and a lot of skinny, ugly people out there. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. How do you find these types of books where the women, let's say they have overhanging stomachs and droopy boobs and stuff like this. And versus, because I don't like, if you type in BBW and I could just tell you from my perspective, you know, you're going to get somebody like the first book, just I'll put it out here for this particular uh, podcast. I read three books. The first book was so awful that I had to go and get something else because I was like, I cannot recommend this book to anybody and it was called to your point it was called i'll say just the first one of the words in the title was ugly i don't even want to tell you the whole name of it because i don't want you to read book anyway but um, <laughs> and we won't know, list that either <laughs> right how did but she was a whopping size 14 i thought she was like the the biggest thing you know on this planet and like people were like, she would go to a bar and be ignored because she was a size 14. And I want, it made me want to vomit. Like, so I, how do you find, 
like the only time I have truly seen somebody that truly is plus size and not necessarily the perfect hourglass shape, it seems to be an erotica where they're fetishized yep. versus, and so I don't know how to find a true, what I'm looking for. Somebody I feel like looks probably more like me and probably more like the majority of people who call themselves plus size or fat, right? Not just perfectly hourglass because we weren't blessed with the fat falling in all the perfect places. But like, I don't even know how to find those type of books, which is one reason why when I'm reading, I don't like the author to go too deep into what the plus size they're talking about or the curvy that they're talking about means because that ruins it for me. Mm-hmm. So you you know, I've, you've heard me say before, when you start going, oh, well, she's a size 14, you've, you've lost me. Because I'm like, oh, well, that's nice, but she can kind of skirt the line in my mind. That's my, you know, personal Mm -hmm. opinion. But how do you go about finding somebody? And maybe because it's books and it's supposed to be unrealistic on some level, I don't know, fantasy. They don't do that. But I don't know how you find books that have true, what I think we would all consider plus size characters or fat characters and not just curvy people with body issues. Mary, what do you think? I'm I'm a (laughs) defer to you for a second. Yeah, it is really, really hard. That is why I started Fat Girls in Fiction, the website, because I had gotten tired of reading so many books with fat representation that made you just feel worse about yourself than you started going in. Mm -hmm. So after I read Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade, which was the first book I talked about when I was on this podcast, and that was the first time that I saw a a main character who was fat. Like she called herself that. There was no mention of her size or how she was shaped, but the the author throws in little hints, like talking about like the softness of her belly and like, like the, I think there's even stretch marks mentioned in that one, but not in like a derogatory way, just in a way that the body has these things. Mm -hmm. And that book was so eye-opening to me that I started Fat Girls in Fiction and in the, 200 plus books I've read now with fat representation. It's hard to find ones where it's not a a journey where they're trying to accept themselves or Mm -hmm. yeah, it's either or fetishized if they are in a larger body. And so, yeah, it's, it's tricky. So that's why I started doing fat girls in fiction and knowing that there are safe authors out there like Olivia Dade, Talia Hibbert, Rebecca Weatherspoon. There's lists who I know that if they write a fat main character, it's going to be safe representation. Mm-hmm. And it's really just kind of trial and error. But there are some people out there now who are doing it to, to get the safe, the safe representation into people's hands. I'm going to add on to that from looking from the the author perspective is a lot of what you see now that's fat representation is just people going out there and saying I'm going to write these characters and it taking off I mean like for instance with Talia Hibbert she was indie for a while like like Chloe Brown and the Brown sisters is not the first thing that she's ever written she's written a lot of other books and they've all had kind of while they may not have said you know this person was fat or this person was plus size that the person was real they had real body things like you're saying like boobs that aren't in the right place or well her character is a little bit younger so maybe their boobs are in a little bit better place than (laughs) than some of them you know you know you know how what happens with age but 
but you know they had they're not perfect bodies the thing about it is it's really more of an emotional journey it's like that journey to self-acceptance kind of thing is really mostly in is women's fiction and the only person that i know of in women's fiction that's really taking that on is jennifer weiner that was her first her very first book had a plus size character in it of course at the time which was like I think I think that book is like 25 years old or something like that, almost 25 years old. At the time, we were not using the word plus size. We would call that section the women's section of the store. <laughs> but Jennifer Weiner and she's women's fiction. She was one of the few that was that actually was writing plus size characters that stay plus size throughout the whole novel. So that's the first hurdle we had to even get over is not writing fat characters who have to lose weight and have to do it for somebody right it's it's just basically right now we're just getting over that hurdle and i think a lot of it has to do with indie romance and being self being self-published you know the people writing the characters that they want to see and when you do it in romance (laughs) a lot of times what's going to end up happening is people are going to see dollar signs too. So there's the dollar that's attractive as well. And so if somebody, if their fan base is saying, we want this person to be a size 14 or we don't want, what's going to happen is it's going to either end up being fetishized where you're going to get the dollars because people like the sex scenes, or it's going to be, Hmm, I guess the word is mo- is a fantasy, kind of an escape, right? So people don't want to see themselves and their bodies in a romance novel, right? They want to have that escape kind of fantasy kind of thing. So that's kind of what happened a little bit too, is that that's why it kind of skews that way so people can even read the book and pick up the book. But now that more, I would say, mainstream authors or more authors that are in it that are going mainstream or becoming bestsellers with plus size characters are coming on the scene maybe the representation will grow that's in my opinion this is like all totally new even though we've needed it for decades the author part sees that this is totally new and the and the part of it part of it is and that's even for me. I mean, part of the reason why I'm writing some of the stuff I'm writing is because I don't see it out there or I didn't see it out there. I didn't see the plus size black woman um, in an interracial relationship with a fit man. And now that I know that I could write something and potentially I could get some eyes on it because I can indie publish it, that's that's what happens. That's what emerges. And that's also why we're always, authors are always talking about reviews and always talking about, please review my book. If you like it, please review it. That's why we do that is because if you like it or somebody's looking for this book, they're not gonna be able to see it unless other people have said, hey, here's this book because there's so many books out there. And to even find a book (laughs) under all of that, even by you putting in the filter BBW, even by you putting that filter in, there's, you're gonna have to wade through so much stuff to get to what you want, just like you're saying. 
and that's why when we're recommending something that's that's why a, that's why we always talk about hey please review my book it's not we don't get extra dollars necessarily unless somebody sees it and say oh i like this book let me buy this book but they've got to see it first and so the review helps people get seen you know for mary who's been looking for fat representation for her to stay as few and far between <laughs> kind of lets you know where it kind of lets you know where the state of things are and i mean olivia day she's only been on the scene for a few years what spoiler spoiler alert is what 2018 or something like that or or 2017 what it came what out it? in um i think 2020 i think it came in October. oh my really yeah she had oh, an gosh. indie series before that yeah but her first um her first traditional publishing was came out in october 2020. yeah see and the thing is it's only and it's probably only because that indie series got traction that's the only way and like rebecca weatherspoon same thing rebecca weatherspoon started out being indie and she she's actually stayed kind of indie even though she had some trad books published i've actually uh, I heard her say on an interview that she says, I want to have at least, you know, X number of indie books a year because she knows that's kind of, that's, that's kind of where that's how, you know, you get found if you're writing about marginalized characters, if you're writing something that's not mainstream. And unfortunately, the plus size woman getting the guy is not mainstream <laughs> yet it's getting there but it's not mainstream it's not colleen hoover right it's, it's it's getting there but it's not there yet so i know that's very a, a long-winded answer but does it help at all <laughs> no it does it does i mean to me so i was going to ask you where is the best place to go to look for indie books well the first if you're looking for indie romance or if you're looking for an author who likes you know who is writing in that space a lot of them are in ku they start off in ku i'm not sure why they do but then there's also streaming places like radish that and radish is straight romance you'll get serialized versions. There are a lot of groups now, a lot of indie authors make Facebook groups. They make Facebook groups for their fans. They make Facebook groups for their interests. You can find some in Facebook groups. A lot of times too, it's, it's just looking at also bots which is another reason why people should review and you know all that kind of stuff is you're if you're in kindle and you're looking and you like this book looking at what somebody else like other books that have been bought but sometimes that helps sometimes it doesn't and of course going to fat girls and fiction <laughs> mary's website mary how do you find different um authors with good fat representation I find a lot of them on Goodreads on the lists. Like you yes, can list list. that just have books with positive fat representation. Like just there's those kinds of things. And I also find a lot on BookTok. BookTok has changed a lot of the way the publishing industry mm -hmm. works. Yep. And 
I've found a lot of good authors and good recommendations on BookTok. And that is where I am most active giving reviews. And then also on Bookstagram. So on social media, they're kind of, because they focus so primarily on books that are like coming out that, yeah. and that is where the, the most represent, representation is right now. And the most positive representation is right now is books that have come out in probably the past three years, I would say is where I have found the mm -hmm. most healing um, representation. Mm -hmm. so, um, do you, uh, do you add any hashtags that we should look out for on like TikTok for, um, for book talk hashtags, any specific hashtags for fat representation? All of my recommendations recommendations on book talk are under the hashtag fat girls in fiction, but there's also, um, the hashtag plus size romance reads on TikTok that has really good, ha um, representation too. I'm trying to think on Instagram. I know I use the hashtag fat girls in fiction there, but I think plus size romance. Yeah, plus one. size romance. Yeah, without the reads. Yeah, plus yeah. size romance. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. That's for, perfect for, for me. So I'm going to look at the hashtag fat girls in fiction on um, book talk because I'm definitely on book talk. I don't know how I got there and the types of books I get recommended <laughs> are very interesting. We won't go into that, but yes, I'm going to check that out. So thank you. Mary. And you're, and you're, fo you're following me too. <laughs> yes. So that yes. Kind of <laughs> you know what? Maybe why I got up there. That's <laughs> I got that stuff on my for you page. And I, okay. I don't know that I'd ever heard of book talk until right now. So now I'm going to go and look and find out what it is. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. So yeah, book talk hashtag on TikTok. Yeah, it's it's a huge hashtag. It's it's got what four billion now times okay. it's been used in the billions somewhere. Yeah, it's huge. But um, you know, like Mary said, it does have. There are other hashtags that have come out of it. You know, there's of course you know plus size romance reads there. There's and there's there's all kinds of like you know more specific book talks out there because book talk has is so big that you know it spawned a bunch of different hashtags but yeah yeah the social media component um uh, what about bookbub uh mary do you find anything as far as bookbub goes or is that just more I actually am just now with my debut coming out, starting to figure out BookBub and Readsies and all of those. Mm -hmm. I think there are ways they can be useful, but I just don't know what that is at this moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I have a presence there, but I, um, and it's a good place. Like, again, if somebody's recommending something, it's a, you know, it's a good place where you can find other recommendations. But as far as being more specific, like specific to plus size romance novels or whatever, um, I'm not sure. It's not that specific. It's good with recommendations and community, kind of like Goodreads is but they don't have the Goodreads list. I'm going to second the, the recommendation for Goodreads list. Yeah, <laughs> we got this great discussion going. <laughs> and now we got to talk about the actual books. But but it actually does lead into some books that we can recommend. But we were talking a lot about terms. And there are two other terms that I want to make sure that we mention. That is BBW. And BBW is an acronym. It means Big Beautiful Woman. BHM is an acronym that means Big Handsome Man. It's funny because I've lived in this world so long. <laughs> I knew what these terms were and I didn't realize people did not know what these terms were. 
One thing I really like about our picks um, from everything I know about our picks is that they're not just plus size. They're, they have a lot of intersectionality, which is a great thing, which we've talked about before on this show. There's just a whole gamut of plus size journeys out there. My book that I'm going to recommend, the reason why I love this, this particular book, it's called Set on You and it's by Amy Lee or Leah. I'm not sure how she pronounces her last name. I think it's Lee is about a curvy fitness instructor and her name is Crystal in the book. She is Chinese Canadian. What I love about this book and about the whole kind of discussion that we've been having is that she, the fact that she's plus size, but the fact that she is in fitness really, I love seeing that because it's one of those representations, again, that is, that is just being shown. This is, there have been people that have been plus size and in fitness for decades, but just, but this representation is just now coming out and I'm and I and I love the fact that it's out there. She's plus size, she's on a fitness um she is a fitness influencer and she's been doing it for a while. So it's not like hey, I'm doing this to get skinny or hey, I'm on a journey to get skinny. No, this is how we work on our health and that's that's what she's all about. There, there are mentions of how people act with her in the gym because because she's a fitness in, influencer, she's always in the gym. That's like her workplace. And so there's a whole different level of, I don't want to say hate, but that's the only word that's coming to mind. There's a whole different level of competition, whatever, when you go into a gym. It's a whole different level. It's one thing to just walk on the street or go to a store and, you know, or go to a restaurant and, and be in public in that, but in that gym environment where they are looking at bodies <laughs> or where they're trying not to look at bodies or, you know, trying to be, you know, whatever about looking at bodies, there's a whole different level of whatever that comes about when, when you're talking about being plus size or being in that gym environment. And um, while I'm not a fitness nut or anything like I go to the gym every now and then. And so that kind of it that resonated with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I don't say it's hate, but it's like you're considered the lowest common denominator. Right. It's It's a hierarchy. It's like. If you can do it, I know I can do it kind of a thing. Yes. Right. Exactly. You get that feeling. Exactly. You get that feeling. And it's like, she, she talks about that. She talks about, you know, how she's had to vibe for time on, on certain machines, you know, and she talks about the people who are just like into bodybuilding and she has different kind of character portrayals of, of different gym folks. And it's no surprise that this is an enemies to lovers romance because <laughs> a guy that she meets in the gym, she's kind of, uh, he puts a, a towel on a machine and it's like, or he didn't wipe off a machine, you know, or he left something on a machine and goes to another machine. And, and it is, and it's really funny, but 
the enemies to lovers part of this romance actually it turns real quickly you know they they turn from enemies to lovers real quickly and part of the reason why they do that is that it actually turns into a forced proximity romance so what we find out is that small world after all their grandparents are actually dating and they're about to get engaged so i think it's like his granddad and her grandmother are dating and so they end up getting invited to an engagement party and so they kind of realize okay they realize a they have to get along and so they get to know each other and everything and so that enemies to lovers they're enemies while they're strangers but as they get to know each other of course they become lovers you know once they actually get together in the book there's actually a section in the book and they say this in the book description so i'm not spoiling anything but there is a section in the book where of course she's an influencer so a photo goes viral of them together and of course she's plus size and he's a firefighter very muscular firefighter <laughs> that also you know kind of got to me a little bit because it kind of made me think about social media instances where that's actually happening in real life and they're actually trolls coming at there were trolls coming after her because of that picture that went viral of the two of them together and i thought this is this is really eye-opening but uh right after that you know there was some social media kind of things that happened as well that that kind of what it's it, it like it, it resonated it was like a gong like this really actually did happen so that made the book really interesting for me also really relatable for me what really brought it home for me is that she was very much accepting and not just accepting of her size she had already passed that point she's really in defense mode she's kind of having to defend herself because she's saying you know i can be i can be curvy and i can be physically fit also she's realizing that there are people out there who are just not at that point and also that they're saying you know she can't be in love with somebody that you know looks like chris hemsworth and <laughs> she's this size and it's like uh are you kidding me and so that's why i recommend this book so stacy also has a book and i've recommended that book too on social media <laughs> I love the book that Stacy is going to recommend today. This book also has a fitness element in it. Stacy, tell us about the book you're recommending. And the book I'm recommending is The Fastest Way to Fall uh, by Denise Williams. And um, when we were doing this podcast, I was like, I don't have a book I read. And then you reminded me. <laughs> we talked about this book months ago, but I thought we did. we did a podcast, but it was just a really a call that we were talking to each other. Yes. Um, so I forgot that I did pick this book at one point. And, <laughs> um, and so I had to actually quickly kind of look through it again to remind me of it. And I realized, gosh, I really did like this book. 
yeah. when I um, kind of went through it. And basically, um, the main characters are um, two people, Britta um, and Wes. And the whole thing is kind of what it starts off is Britta, she works for a fitness or... I want to say fitness, maybe a wellness magazine. And she wants to get the promotion to be a features writer, but she's an assistant right now. And so she kind of pitches a story that she would work, she would uh, work with this app um, about fitness and wellness. The And when you read the book, it does describe her initially as plus size. And yeah. The thing I really liked about it was that when she talked about it, she talks about herself. She she's not very body, she's not on one end on body, you know, on the really far end of body positivity, but she's not um negative about her body either. And that's why I like so sometimes you read a lot of books about, you know, if the the heroine is a plus size, she's either so down on herself, like, oh, I'll never find love. And or she's so body positive, it's like, so you never look, I mean, that I sometimes think is that's really uh, is I'm not saying it's unrealistic but so you never thought about negative things about your body you know it's so such a such an extreme body positivity that I wondered like where were you raised I would like to go there because <laughs> right you weren't you don't have like any kind of seem like you have any kind of issue but she was like in the middle like she did have issues when she was younger but she's more body neutral or body acceptance kind of an area there yeah. And the reason why she's picked it was not because she was trying to lose weight, but because she wanted to be more fit and to write the story. But that was her, her goal around was to do that. And then you meet Wes. I like the kind of books where it kind of goes from the male's uh, point of view to the female, the, you know, both p- points of view for it. Cause it's almost like you're reading, mm-hmm. if they do it well enough, like you're reading two different books that merge together. Right. And we see, um, we read about Wes and he owns that app. But he's kind of getting a little disillusioned from it because he enjoys it, but he enjoyed the actual working with people, not the administrative side of running the business kind of a thing. He has his own set of issues too. He has competition with another company, but and the company's run by a former former love interest. So you have that. But also, like I said, he has his disillusionment with his being a president or CEO of a company, which he liked to be doing a lot of the grunt work. They meet because she's doing her story and he's basically kind of gone back to what he used to do in the company, which was work with real clients. And so it's one of those, I'm trying to think of a trope, kind of, I want to say friends love because they weren't friends, but they didn't start off as lovers. So they did get to know each other through the app and they never met initially and got grew to like each other that way before they actually meet. And then when they meet, they're still not meeting in a romantic sense. Right. You just, I mean, I don't want to go too far in the story, but it is one of those friends to lovers kind of a thing and also misunderstanding. So, you know, there's always some sort of misunderstanding where they get wires crossed and you did this for this reason. She did this for this reason. He did that for that reason. And if y'all talk it out, you realize it's not that big of a deal, but it would be a good story if, you would, if y'all actually talked it out. <laughs> right. Uh, the reason I really, the story was really great, but I like the fact that they focused on not trying to get her thin. And in the book she talks about, she does lose weight, but not to the point where she's even considered thinner, but she is active and starting to work out and just really appreciate the fact that what her body can do when she started working out. And in there, they also talk about how, you know, she talks about near the end, almost like a pro, like she gets, she gains on the way back. She loses again. Just the cycle of life kind of a thing, which I do appreciate. 
the characters were really well written. Um, and the um, some of the other characters in there were really, I thought it might be a good story. I mean, if she's going to do a second one, Wes has like two friends, well, has a um, assistant named Pearl and his partner at the company court. And you see there's some underlying thing going on between the two, but they never really talk about what happened. I was like, is that another story? Is that another story in the works there? Because you end up liking those two characters as well. Yes. And and I think she ha- I think she has said yes, that's another story. Okay. Um, but yeah. But I mean, I really liked it because it focuses not only the relationship, but the fact that it wasn't she had to get this way to get him, kind of a thing. And because I like I like to work out and it's been like a struggle for me to do that. And it's just, you know, it kind of really, it spoke to me in that sense. Cause she wasn't trying to do, I'm working out to get down to a size. She's working out for a store, but in the end, her whole point of view was, I'm working out because I want to work out, not just to get right. to a certain size or anything like that. Right, right. And she that was, she said, I think she said in the very beginning, she wanted to look yeah. good naked. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was one of her goals. Or at least, and she said look good naked, but I was just like, feel good naked. Right, exactly. Became, exactly. Different than looking looking good naked. Because that could be objective depending on who you talk to, but feeling good naked, which is to me totally different. Yes. Um exactly. And so I liked that part that she she did that and that he started to fall for her. And again, it started just by the app. They never met, they never really focused on that. And he's felt and he's fit and all that. Um, well, yeah, I guess he's fit. Yeah, he's fit. Um, but fell for her regardless of her size so it had nothing to do with her size it was her personality her actual i mean he did they he did show appreciation for her size let me change that she did show some appreciation it wasn't all mental for for either one of them but the fact that that wasn't his focal point you know and i would consider this it was steamy because it was some good scenes, but it was kind of like the Talia Hibbert kind of a thing where yeah. it is not jumpstart like that. It is a slow, a slow burn. A slow burn. Yeah. yeah. And I think she's called it a slow burn. Yeah. yeah. But I really enjoyed the book. And I mean, I listened to it because this was one of those I listened. And I was just really, the characters had me very interested and riveted. Um, she did go into detail about that I felt for each character because each one had their own things going on. Like she's trying to, to get higher in her company. Um, she also has some sort some body issues in it. Um, but again, that's not her full focus. And he has his own thing going on with his company, but also his personal life. Um, it's not all roses and everything. There's things going on with his personal life and his family. So you do feel for the characters and you do want to see them both be happy in the end, no matter what that is. Right. It, agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does. Yeah, he does have some he has some mm-hmm. family issues. He has some ex issues. He it's, has issues, but yeah. it's not at least <laughs> it doesn't it's not overly like. Um, right. He, yeah, he's, not, he's not damaged he's not damaged it's just like he's you know no one has a perfect world but it's right but at least it makes him more human exactly you know denise williams has a tendency to do this with the with the books that i've read of hers 
this one is a book two, but book one, her characters in book one were not plus size. But um, she writes very realistic characters. Like they have, they have things going on. They have real lives. And, you know, it's not just about one thing, which, which makes them relatable, very relatable. Oh, and one thing, she is the um, heroine. She's plus size, but she's also biracial, which yeah. is not a key thing. But I did see that they talked about her family and some of the things they said. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> about when the family got together playing spades. I mean, it was just, oh, yeah. There are things I was like, okay. It really sound, it made it sound a whole lot more, I guess, realistic and relatable to me, at least, too. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah yeah these were um i i forgot to mention about about set on you i would um call that one a slow burn sort of as well it's a little steamy there there is there is i think one or two scenes that there's sex on page but um you know it's also really about you know everything that they're going through like denise williams the fastest way to fall mm-hmm. is about everything that they're going through and everything that surrounds the whole situation that they're in so marcy let's i think you have a two-parter tell us about your books well now I feel a little, I'm glad I'm in the middle because my books are, okay. uh, your books were really sweet and my book is much more urban fiction um, romance as in there is a love story. It is an urban romance, but uh, it's urban. So it's a lot grittier. Let's go with grittier um, in terms of the presentation of the characters and of the story itself because it is urban fiction so um i'm talking about uh who's gonna love you better by kendra sumter and as you all know i'm a huge ku fan so kindle unlimited so this is one that i found there and the reason that i like this story and the reason that i i kind of follow kendra sumter is because she does put plus size characters into her urban stories right so she does put these characters into her stories and kind of tells their stories as well and I like it because largely the women in the stories are even if they're struggling with being plus size they're still generally grounded in who they are so in this story we have um Nakia and we have Ron we're just gonna call him Ron his name his whole full name is like Ron Terrius or Ron Trius like it's, it's urban and um so for all intents and purposes, we're going to call him Ron. And they meet, and it's almost like an instant connection between them. They meet at the hospital. He has been injured at his, um, he runs a landscaping business. And one of his employees came to work drunk and was operating a weed eater. And when he was trying to deal with that, his finger got sliced. And you find out that she's a, uh, a registered nurse. And so she's the person that was like the first triage person when he came in and they had this kind of instant connection. And that's when you find out that Ron actually has, um, now he's like six nine and 275 or something he's pretty big himself which I, I thought was kind of an interesting element as well um, because usually when you see these stories like one person is average size and another person isn't and that's kind of mm-hmm. the the 
tension in the story. There is no tension. He's a big guy, uh, prefers a, a bigger woman. Um, and she's, it's funny because when he first, when he first describes her, and to Stacy's point, um, it's one of those where you hear her her side and then his side as they tell throughout the story, right? So when you hear him describe her at first, you don't know what she looks like because he just keeps saying, I've never seen someone that looks like her. And you don't kind of know what that means exactly. But you find out that he is an extremely attractive man with a scar that runs from the top of his the top of his top lip up through his face and then cuts through his eye and up above his eyebrow right and you don't know at this time exactly what it is but you know that these are two people and he's as they're going through the hospital people won't look him in the face they're like thrown off by the scar and sometimes they're rude um and he has friends who are like attractive and so you'll see that the nurses have been treating him differently so when they meet and she immediately looks him in the eye um they have this connection he winks at her you know all is well in the world he hopes he sees her again and then you kind of like oh man i wonder what's gonna happen and then you meet nakia in her own description and that's when you learn dana um and this is one of the things that i found she is a plus-size woman and she does have rolls and back fat and a belly. And she's like a size 22. She's she's a plus size woman with the attributes of a plus size woman. She is not. Now she does have um, larger breasts and she does have some behind, but it's not so distinctive that she's one of those like Coke bottle beauties with, you know, that just happens to be bigger she has a plus size body type and that I think is one of the things that drew this me to the story is because when I was reading her description it it felt more like me right it felt more like a real plus size person and not what is generally depicted when they talk about the curvy lurk you know because you the curvy curvy girls love hood guys too like things like that and those kind of urban romances but that's usually the video vixen type of body type and not a true plus size so this to me that was one of the first things that struck me about the story is how true to a real plus size body she made Nakia and that was one of the the things I really like now you they have this instant attraction to each other through some coincidental things they run back into each other acknowledge that attraction and attempt to move forward and that's when you see all of the, the dynamics of her family and of his family and of the places that they previously played in those families because they were single and because they were uh his family largely considered him undateable and so but while he was single they took advantage of 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 that um, so they're thrown off by this new relationship. Her family, um, she has a sister who is um, more of your like average size and has always considered herself better than her sister uh, because she's smaller. So they have a different dynamic. And then, then just to add a little bit more to it, she has a best friend who is a size 16. She also was larger, but felt like she couldn't get a man at a larger size so she lost weight got to a size 16 but still couldn't be happy 
in her own body and is struggling through a lot of things. And so you see a lot of times that there is friction between the two of them just because Nakia is is so confident in her body. She also, I think, comes on up some of the other stories says that, you know, she's plus size, but she doesn't have any of the key diseases that you, you know, associate with plus size women. And she's generally healthy. She does exercise because she does want to live long, but she's just not going to be a stick figure, right? So, and then T. Angela, which is her best friend. Yes, I said T. Angela, which is how you know this is urban fiction. Is, <laughs> uh, struggles a lot, even though she's lost weight. She struggles in her identity in a in an interesting way and kind of gives a flip side to to that of being plus size versus used to be plus size and what that feels like and and how but still not being small enough like feeling like you're still not skinny enough like when is your best self ever going to be enough in comparison to others and do you compare yourself to others but in the midst of that, I'm going to put a few disclaimers out. This is urban fiction at its finest. There are all kinds of language. And I was tickled because I'm from the South, but it does have a lot of grammar that is spelled the way that it sounds. There's a lot of the conversation between characters that if you're not from the South and you don't typically drop vowels or recognize some of the pronunciations it might be a harder read for some people uh, just because of that uh, for me it tickled me because that's the same kind of sayings and the same kind of um, vernacular that we use in a general conversation but for some readers it might be a little bit harder just to get through that because she does spell things the way to give you an impression of the way they sounded um, from the people who were speaking them. So that's just something to be mindful of as you read. It also, again, has has more explicit language than um, most of the the non-urban uh, fiction. And, the, and the, the, the sex scenes are as urban as you would imagine based on my first two disclaimers. So do that what you will, but just know this isn't the kind, gentle implication of activity. This is pretty direct and it's pretty explicit. So just know that as you're reading it. The the interesting thing is it doesn't happen until, I don't know, like three quarters of the way through the first of the two. Now, this is one of those, and it's, I think it's more of the genre itself being that it is that urban fiction where there tends to be a cliffhanger. So there are two to wrap up there happily ever, ever after. But just, it doesn't, those scenes don't even come until three quarters of the way through book one. Now, I was still reading at that point because the story itself is pretty engaging. It's a lot. But again, a good, right, a, a good read, a good, a good story. Um, some interesting dynamics in relationships. Um, the relationship between the two of them was something that it was fun to watch um, and, and to read. And um, again, it's it's not it's not your Talia Hibbert kind of things, but if you're into urban fiction, if you're into urban romance, um, and especially if you have Kindle Unlimited, then Kendra Sumter in general um, is usually a fun read, especially if you're from the South. Um, and then this series is kind of a good introduction to her stories. Now, I will say that the 
version that I read was the original, and it does have a couple of grammatical errors um, that come from being usually self-published or quick published, but I do notice that she is re-releasing a lot of her titles, and I think in those re-releases, she's uh, corrected some of that based on the feedback from the reviews, so also that just disclaimer, but um, mm -hmm. it wasn't so much that I couldn't read it, but I think if you're um, an avid reader, you'll notice them, um, and I think that she's tried to address that in her re-release. That's awesome. Also, another reason why reviews are a good idea, um, especially for some indie authors that may just be starting out or, you know, may not have had the big, wonderful editing budgets that you need in order to, to put out one of those pristine copies with only a few typos because everything has some typos. And you said, um, Marcy, that most of her main characters are plus size for I, most I of wouldn't her. Say, I wouldn't say most, but I would say a, a good, good portion of them. Okay. Uh, Tiana, uh, T-Y-A-N-N-A, is also an author who tends to have most of her characters be plus size. Um, Kendra Sumter is kind of an even mix between, in general, even if it's not a main character, there's usually at least one in the story, but she's also mm -hmm. um, getting better with her newer stories of putting that into the tagline on the books themselves so you know if the character is plus size or not um which i appreciate sometimes when i'm strictly looking for a plus size kind of story um right. but there are a lot of them i will say going back to kind of what dana was asking like how do you find these books you know plus size romance is not a category it's not even a sub genre which it should be not in a not an official one where when we go in and we classify, we categorize our books in, for instance, in Kindle um, or in Amazon, you know, that's something that you have to go and you have to specifically ask for to be put on as a, a category. It's not something that's like, just just right there right and a lot of times like it'll say like a bbw romance or something is the only way to to find them so and i and you're right when i even when i'm doing and we have to write that part in mm -hmm. and like, like it'll be on the cover about. at this point mm -hmm. which is kind of how i find them but you're right even in can unlimited i have to do like you know word searches of you know bbw and urban romance and um or i have to try to remember which authors generally have those as leading characters and then just try to follow them so that when they have new content it just kind of automatically pushes to me but you're right it is not an easy search um even with um amazon being what it is i, I had expected it to be far easier but you're right and a lot of stuff isn't tagged that way and so it's really hard to find it unless it's in the title or in the subtitle of the description and they can pull it just on bbw mm -hmm. but even then you mm -hmm. have to wade through a lot of to your point erotica that's straight erotica rather than what is an actual romance or fiction so you're right it's it, it's not easy but like i said kendra sumter is one where i know generally speaking that it's a good chance that one of the uh, characters will be tayana is generally um there are a couple of others where i found that there there sometimes are stories but and then i just follow those authors just so i have a better chance of being reminded when they have new content so i can look in and read the descriptions Okay, so Dana, what is your selection for this episode? Okay, so um, before I start talking about my book, I want to just put this out here. And I mentioned it earlier, um, to get ready for this 
podcast, I had a book that I wanted to read that I had read in 2016 that I liked in 2016. So I wanted to refresh myself and I was all gung-ho to talk about it. And as I started reading, I was like, oh my gosh, what kind of person was I in 2016? Because I have changed this book. I don't like it anymore. (laughs) Um, And there were just so many red flags. It's so funny to kind of see how you progress as a person. (laughs) There were so many red flags. I was like, I cannot recommend this book to other people because I found myself you know, I'm, I'm trying to come up with positive things, but there were just so many things I was critical of. I was like, I can't, I can't, this can't be my book. I then went to look for another book. And this is one of the reasons, and I'm sorry, my little dog is in the background and she's sundowning. So you may hear her shaking a little bit, but so I went and I was like, oh, I got to find another book. How do I do this? And when you type in BBW and all this, it, the stuff that comes up is just crazy. So I decided to go in and I don't remember all the things that I put into um, Amazon to find this book, but I went to one and I said, let me find something that has some reviews. So to your point, that's so important because I went to look at, I read reviews to help me to determine what book I was going to read. So I was like, I need something that I can get done. So it can't be like, you know, 5,000 pages long, but I wanted something that I I had at least a good start going into it that maybe this would be something that I would like. So the book that I chose is called Real Men Love Curves, and it's a best friend to lovers curvy girl romance. And so this was written by Kat Baxter. What she writes is she says this is a steamy romantic short. So again, going back to the fact that I had to change my book, I was also looking for something that wasn't too long. So this is a short. The two main characters are Luke and Aaron. Luke is a bar owner. Aaron is a programmer in a gaming company. And they happen to be best friends. What I liked about this book is reading it is it kind of made me feel like if you've ever met a guy like for the first time and you get those little tingles or anybody you've met for the first time and you get those little tingles and y'all are talking and stuff. This had every element of that. Plus it had some comedy in it. And for a book that was this short, it was less than a hundred pages. You actually got to know a little bit about the characters. There was definitely character development and things that you would not have expected in such a short book. So I was actually pleased about that. So again, they're best friends and this is how they come together. And I know this is, this is kind of crazy when I say it, but trust me, if you read the book, it, it's it's better than just what I'm telling you here. But long story short, she's been, Aaron's been involved in a relationship that probably would have eventually led to marriage. But finally, the guy, they've been together for two years. The guy's like, yeah, I just don't want to be with you anymore. He finds her frigid. And so he basically dumps her. And, you know, she's talking to her best friend. Keep in mind, it's her best friend. Think about the stuff you tell your best friend. Her best friend just happens to be the opposite sex. You know, he really pushes her because he's worried about her because she's sad, upset. You know, he pushes her to say, hey, what's wrong? Tell me. You can tell me anything. And she's like, it's embarrassing. He's like, no. So she tells him what happened and that um, her ex says she was frigid and that she's never had an orgasm. Y'all, the first thing that I liked about this. Now, what do you think? that her best friend, who's a guy, would say when, you know, the girl is like, hey, I've never had an orgasm, or just any guy to some girl who says that. First, I was thinking, he's like, I can change that. I can fix that, you know, whatever. So I was like, oh, Lord. But no, he was like, girl, have you been to the doctor? (laughs) You know, like, have you gotten checked up on to make sure everything is okay? And I was like, that is refreshing. He's not one of those guys who's like, you know, I can rock your world and do all this other stuff. You ain't just had the right man yet and all this other stuff. So I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. And they do things like that throughout this book. 
That's that an I appropriate find. response, in it my opinion. It is an appropriate response. I agree. I was like, yeah, for somebody who has been sexually active and been in relationships to never have had an orgasm, the first thought should not necessarily be, you know, you just ain't had the right man. You know, have you had everything checked out? I just, I don't know. I just thought it was great. And so um, I got a couple of quotes that I wanted to talk about because I just thought the book was so cute. So at one point they're having... Uh, it all starts when obviously they're best friends. So this is kind of awkward. So they are actually talking on the phone and she's in, I'm not, I'm trying not to give it all away. It's so short. I can give it away too fast, okay. but they're basically talking on the phone because that's the only way she felt comfortable telling him what was going on, not face to face. Right. Cause it's, you know, I'm feeling awkward. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you're my best friend. And, you know, I know you really want to help me and, you know, I need somebody to talk to. So she tells him and long story short, the the phone kind of call kind of starts turning into phone sex, right? And so she says to him at some point, you know, with phone sex, like, what are you wearing? And she says, panties. And of course he says, well, what do they look like? She said, they're blue, they're navy blue cheeky. And his reply, which I thought was spot on, was what the hell does that mean? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what guy's gonna be like, oh yeah, I know. I just love Right. It. Y'all know how I like surrealism in, in these, you know, fantasy type of things or whatever. And so I was like, exactly. That's the appropriate response to what she said to him. And then the other one that I wanted to mention, and I really like this. And I, I think this is true. At least I've seen this in my life in terms of how women and, and men view trying to get with somebody they feel is out of their league. One of the things uh, Luke's friend says to him is stop thinking about what you have to lose by telling somebody how you feel about them and think about and ask yourself what you have to gain. And I think that is so true because I've often said like with men, my, like as a woman, if I saw a guy and I wanted to ask him out, I'm in my head. I'm like, oh my God, but what if? Da, 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 da. A guy on the other hand who has one tooth and you know <laughs> in his mouth and hasn't <laughs> showered in three weeks, will, you know, he'll walk on up to you and take his, you know, chance or whatever. Because exactly. in his mind, he's like, think about what I have to gain. Whereas I'm like, oh my God, what if I'm embarrassing? He says no, and he turns me down. And I just think it's so interesting how he put that is stop, stop thinking about what you have to lose. Think about what you have to gain. If it doesn't work out, so what? But if it does, think about all the, what you gained from it. So I was like, that's a really good way to look at this. And so I like stuff like that. We were talking earlier about how we describe people who have additional weight, who are fat, plus size, all that stuff. Now I will say in this book, there were only two, two instances of the word curvy and one of chubby. And that's about all you got in terms of weight, in terms of being fat or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it was fine because I knew going into it that that's what she was supposed to be. But they didn't really detail, detail her body. So I was okay. I was able to take that curvy and make it whatever I wanted curvy to mean to me. So we didn't get into the size she wore, you know, how tall she was, how much she, it was not that, it wasn't specific enough that I could not turn her into what I felt she looked like in my mind that went along with this. I just, there are a couple, uh, there's something they talk about a safety school. And I just want to point out, I'm not going to say what it is, but I thought that acknowledgy, the, the uh, analogy, excuse me, that they used in the book when they were talking about that, I thought that was really good. So look for safety school. And I'm just going to see if there's anything else. Oh yeah. So there's actually, there are three books in this. So the second book 
all three of these people, all three of the books are all related to each other, just somebody else's story. And the second book is funny because when I first looked at it, now again, this book is called Real Men Love Curves, but the next one was called Real Men Love Curls. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody has, you know, made a misprint here on Amazon. It needs to be fixed, something's wrong, but it's not, it is right. And it's cute how that pertains to the actual story of that one. So I have read the second book in this too, and it's just as cute. I will say that it is uh, a little rushed. So it's even shorter than this one. I'm sorry, my dog is scratching the door. <laughs> It's a good book too. I haven't gotten to the third one yet, but this is definitely something I would recommend if you want to read something that's steamy, short, but still gives you all the elements you need to say it was a good book. It was enjoyable. So it's not just a, you know, it's not just an erotica that's two minutes long. It's not a slow burn because it can't be that slow because obviously it's not that long of a book, but you're still getting the elements that I think we would agree that we look for in terms of like character development um, and a good story out of it. So I definitely think it's something that's worth checking out. And in terms of, I know I said it was steamy. I prefer the rated R kind of stuff. So it is along those lines. Um, they don't sugarcoat it, but it's not erotica either. So my pick. So it's super steamy, maybe erotic romance, but not erotica. Yes. Okay. All right. Sounds like a, sounds like a good read. Love cute banter and you know all those little cutesy things that happen when we are falling in love or reading about falling in love so mary what is your recommendation for us today all right well i uh last time i was here i spoke about an olivia date called olivia date book called spoiler alert and today i'm going to talk about the second book in that series called all the feels and while it's in a series it's still a standalone it just has some of the same cast of characters in this book alex is a movie star who's in a game of thrones style tv show and he has found himself in some trouble and the showrunners decided to get him a minder and that is played by the main character there is her name is lauren clegg and what i love about her is there's so much fat rep in this book that I find truly healing. I think that every now and then you read a book and you can just see parts of it that open up parts of you to yourself that you didn't know. Like I often joke that this book did for me what five years of therapy could never do for me. <laughs> so that's part of why I love this book so much. But what I love is she's not like good fat, which I kind of is just kind of like plus size models is what I think of with good fat where they're they're bigger, but they still manage to have mostly fat, flat stomachs, like, which is, is not how most fat bodies are shaped. So I like her. She is short and round and they, like, describe her as having small boobs. And she is just not even really conventionally attractive outside of that. And they, they talk about that quite a bit. Um, so I like that. It also touches on things that I, that I don't see books often talk about before. Like it talks about flying in an airplane as a person who lives in a bigger body and how that can feel like having to ask for a seatbelt extender and getting the bruises in your thighs from the seats that are too small and how that can be really terrible. Also, it talks about she is someone who not only is fat, but she's also, she's described as looking very bird-like. So she's just not very, what people would consider what society would consider pretty so people say terrible things to her and at some point in her life she just stopped responding she stopped sticking up for herself she and when she did and would draw attention the people around her would be so upset that she just 
was like, it's not worth it. It doesn't bother me. So she stopped mentioning it. But it did bother her. Part of what is so great about Alex is this is also really good ADHD representation. So he has really terrible impulse control, but also a, a strong sense of justice. So when people are rude to her, he white knights for her so hard and stands up for her in ways she wouldn't even dream of standing up for herself. And I really, really enjoyed that. And that also kind of gets him in trouble with the showrunners at some point. But <laughs> always an interesting part of the story. And on his side, it deals with all kinds of other interesting topics too but the fat representation for that is just so interesting and it makes her really examine the ways that she has let people treat her she she's never hard on her body like she accepts her body she accepts that she's fat but she also accepts bad treatment from others for a variety of different reasons so it's her story on coming into that and i will say that it is a slow burn because the first half of the book they're they're working together and neither of them crossed that line but as soon as that line is crossed i have to say it has my favorite one bed trope I've ever read. Like it's <laughs> so one bed. wonderful. <laughs> so I love that. And then after that, the spice is there. I would give it, oh, it's probably R. Olivia, like Olivia Dade is, is usually around there where it's explicit, but it's it stays pretty safe. Mm-hmm. But I also love that when they're doing this, they talk about that. There's one point when she talks about how like the weight of her body would hold him in place and how they both like that. And so I think things like that are really interesting and it just gives insight into what it's like being intimate as a person in a bigger body that is mm-hmm. in a desirable way to read and I enjoy that sounds like a good book too from spoiler alert so Alex is on the same show as Marcus and spoiler alert yeah yes they're okay. actually best friends so that you can see their relationship in both books Okay, sounds good. We've got just a gamut of wonderful books here. I I love that we actually had uh, what I hope is a very educational conversation before our recommendations and I'm I'm really hoping that everyone out there listening takes to heart. This is essentially why I did this whole series and why I wanted to do this whole series is because for so long, um, even though romance is probably on the forefront of a lot of things, for so long, seeing cisgendered, heterosexual, white, skinny couples in their 20s or just getting out of college that was kind of the norm i wanted to make sure that we saw the gamut of people because obviously we all need to see different kinds of people in love and i'm hoping everybody is love this series and if you want more perhaps a season two contact me nerdyromanticspodcast.com go to the contact page you can actually leave me a message there like a voice message or you can fill out the form and and leave me a typed message or a texted message there um in my contact form you know suggest maybe some other some other areas that we may not have explored as far as marginalized heroes and heroines in romance go i love having uh, all of you ladies on thank you so much for participating in this with me and of course for future episodes thank you for coming on and talking about plus size romances with me today And thank you for having us.
Yes, thank yes, you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's all for this episode. We've got a new website at nerdyromanticspodcast.com. But don't fear, all of our episodes and their show notes are on our new website. While you're there, please consider donating to our podcast with the donate button at the top right hand corner or the buy me a coffee button on the show notes for each episode. Your donations go straight to keeping this podcast on the air and keeping all of our episodes out there for you to listen to whenever you want to. If you want to get our show notes in your inbox, please consider signing up for our Nerdy Romantics newsletter. The sign-up form is at the bottom of each page on our new website. Thank you for listening. Star date, not too distant future. Brandon is a diehard Trekkie. He's watched every Star Trek franchise episode multiple times. He has several cosplay and collectible uniforms in his closet. Commander Will Riker is his favorite cosplay character, and he's been to dozens of conventions. But he's never met or gotten in a fight with another Trekkie like Phoenix. Phoenix is looking forward to her first Star Trek convention until she meets Brandon. He's nothing like the Riker character she loves to hate. He's combative, socially awkward, and off-putting. But he's so adorable. Phoenix and Brandon keep running into each other, each time more heated than the next. With three days of convention to get through, will they get past the hostility and find what they know is there? Attraction and perhaps love? This is the premise of Stardate, a free e-story for my newsletter subscribers, available on February 1st. If you like Trekkie romance, romantic comedy, or just like to see a little grumpy sunshine trope, this story is for you. Go to ymnelson.com backslash subscribe and get your free copy.